We got a mailbag podcast coming to you guys. But first, I want to talk about the game against the Boston Celtics, which me and my fiance were able to go to. We'll talk about some of the takeaways from there, and then we'll get into all the questions that you guys sent me for today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube already and you have not subscribed to the channel, what are you waiting for? Hit that red button. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. And I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day once again. Um, let's go ahead and get into this. So I, I told you guys we would have a special episode coming today, Saturday, uh, since we missed an episode on Tuesday. We would have a mailbag podcast coming today. And we're going to answer all of you guys' questions. We got a lot of questions. I'll try to fit them all in. But I want to talk about some things I took away from this Boston Celtics game Friday night. I'm recording this on Friday night. I just got home from the Pistons game. Uh, I, I want to talk about some of my takeaways from this game. Uh, and, and there's actually one thing I want to talk about first. It's not really about the game, but it's about the Pistons. I don't know how many of you guys that listen to the podcast are from Detroit or live around Detroit or simply live in Michigan or are able to go to Piston games at Little Caesars Arena. Let me let me just say this real quick. When I was credentialed in my 2019-2020 season, it was an absolute blast. I loved Little, C- Little Caesars Arena. We had our own little special parking. You came in to food at Little Caesars Arena as a, as a media uh, guy. Absolutely amazing, tremendous. Like It was absolutely I, I spoiled myself every night. It was some of the best food out there, dude, with the with the ice cream and all that stuff, okay? So the experience was amazing when I was credentialed because you have your own parking, you had your own food and all that stuff, obviously. And then, obviously, we had our own special seating with our names on it, so we had it, like, sectioned away from other people. It was, you had a lot of space. You had your own little area, et cetera, et cetera, all those kind of things. So my first year, you know, experiencing Little Caesars Arena, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a really nice place. I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I'll tell you this much. Ever ever since uh, that that season in which I have not been credentialed since, um, ever since that season, I progressively started to hate Little Caesars Arena a little bit more and more and more each time I go. Uh, and it gets to a point, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, it gets to a point where I don't even want to go to Piston games. And I have to assume I'm not the only person who feels this way. And if they want to pack stadiums, they want to pack this Little Caesars Arena, they want to have a lot of support fan-wise at these games, moving forward next year, possibly, or moving forward, like Cade's trainer has been mentioning. We just talked about in the last podcast. I'm wanting to have, you know, all kinds of fans supporting Detroit sports, you know, down there. Uh, for the Pistons, if they want that kind of support, they have to do something to help make make the quality of life stuff at Little Caesars Little Arena better. I truly believe that, that that kind of stuff is probably – oh, I'm sorry for hitting my – I think I just hit my mic a few times. I apologize about that, but – I really do think they got to improve the quality of life stuff. They want to pack stadiums because I just don't think – like I have to assume that I'm not the only person who feels like this. So first, I just want to say the parking is outrageous. It's it's abs- it, The parking itself makes me not want to go to these games ever. There's no parking life. You went to the Palace of Auburn Hills. It was a big parking like surrounding Auburn Hills. So you had somewhere to park at. You knew where you were going to. You knew where to get, where your car would be, all this kind of stuff. Like, it was, it was very structured. You knew what was happening with the parking. At Little Caesars Arena, there's no parking lot for specifically for the games. It's random little, like, lots that apparently get bought out or something, and people use it to, you know, uh, 
uh, sell, sell parking spots, whatever, for these lots or whatever. And it's not like there's no – it's not like you have uh, Piston Arena guys, guys and ladies, sitting out there pointing to you, oh, this is a parking spot over here, or you want, you're trying to get the parking, it's this way, that way. Like, you don't have that either. It's just random parking lots around uh, the arena that you have to just go down the side streets and try to find. You have so many people trying to find it. It's constant traffic. You're late for games half the time because of it. And then I'm going to give you guys a little experience I, I, I experienced, not this season, but last season. I went to a game. And there was literally a dude scamming parking lot. He he got had a lot, and people thought, you know, this is going to be some parking lot that's going to, going to be like you know locked up and protected by like a security guard, or whatever. So people can't just come in and take your take your car, or whatever. Nope, it was a dude scamming. I, luckily, I realized it then got out of there. But he was scamming. As soon as he got his money, he literally dipped down. And those cars were just left out. They could have been stolen. They could he couldn't take it. Like it, it's bad. The parking lot system, the the parking in general is just horrific. It's it's seriously bad. I've talked to other people. I went to the, the Bears game, Bulls game, uh, when I went to Chicago a few months ago. They 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 didn't have parking right outside the arena, but they had it structured. You, you had people telling you where to go or helping you try to find parking places. The business don't even have that. And it's just, like I said, it's just random lots. That, I, I, I'm not joking. I'm seriously saying that that parking literally makes it to where I don't want to have to deal with that and go to these games. I'd rather just sit at home and watch the games. Like that, The parking is that bad for the arena. Then you talk about the prices for the food. The, the prices for the food are just absurd. I know that's probably a complaint at a lot of sports arenas, so maybe that's not you. That's probably not unique to Little Caesars Arena. But you got five dollar hot and ready says so like close to twenty dollars, dude. Like, come on, we gotta take it easy with this. We gotta take it easy. That kind of stuff is just dead. That's one. That's another thing. And then, and then like thirdly, the seating. I, I had really good seats. My fiance won these seat. Uh, the these tickets, and we were. I believe nine rows up off the floor, right in the middle. So you, it was really, really good seats. I tweeted out a picture. If you guys want to go find it uh, over at uh, at Kuka Hill on Twitter. Um, but the seats as well, it's just like when I went to the Bulls game, there were a lot of people there. And I'm not saying you just had like loads of space. Not like you had your own offices. I'm not trying to claim that. But you had enough space to like put your cups down and be able to at least put your legs out and be able to sit down. When I kid you not, I was stuck sitting in these seats trying to tighten up and and get get skinny and just hold myself like this the whole time like squeezing my legs together and having just just be able to fit in these seats because there's not enough there's not a lot of room between seats to seat to seat and again that's probably not only little Caesar arena i'm sure other stadiums have that trying to fit as many people in the stadium as possible but i went to, when i went to the bulls game that wasn't a problem when i went there there was a lot of people there there was plenty of room for me to move around or be able to at least put my drink down and 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 be able to sit without having to like scrumble up into a little tiny box to be able to fit there. So it's that those are just multiple things. And also, I've heard some from, some complaints from some of you guys that when you sit farther away, if you don't got great seats, they really make you pay for it because it it, it really does feel like you're super far away. Some stadiums, I know Palace. At least when I went to the Palace games, I didn't feel like I was that far away. I, I liked almost every seat in the Palace. I feel like I I may have been too young for that. I may have been just stupid with that. Uh, but that's another that's another thing. That's just not gonna that's not something they can really change. But the quality of life stuff is what I'm talking about. The parking, the parking could be better. People don't want to deal with that. I definitely don't. It literally discourages me from going to the games. The pricing of food just and and just it it makes me seriously not want to go. I'm not joking. And I have to assume that there's other people that feel like that as well. Yeah, it's freezing outside. It's snowing. You don't even know where parking is. You go driving down three streets down, 
in these freezing. No one wants to do that. And just to hopefully find a parking spot and then have to walk three blocks, four blocks, five blocks and some freezing cold just to get to, to the arena. Like, come on. No one wants to go through all that. If you guys are listening from like a different state or something and, and are experiencing that in like a experiencing that at, at a different stadium, let me know if it's the same thing or is that is that the something I'm missing? Maybe maybe that happens at every stadium. I'm just, you know, maybe I'm not used to it because the Palace spoiled us or something. I don't know. But all I'm saying is when I went to the Bulls game and the Bears game, they didn't have st- parking literally right next to the stadium like the Palace did, but they at least had organized structure so you could find out where parking was and, and you could get there. They, Little Caesars Arena doesn't even have that. They have to fix that. That literally dissuades people from going to the games. And if they want to have the stadium packed, I think that's the main thing they have to fix. They have to make parking capable. Like that that has to that has to change right there. So it, it's 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 terrible. But anyways, when we come back, I'll answer all of your guys' questions when we get when we come back from the ad break. We're having a mailbag podcast again. Like I said, you guys sent in a ton of ton of questions. We'll try to make it through all of them. Uh, I can't promise that we'll make it through all of them, but we'll try our hardest to get there. Uh, but like I said, we'll get through all that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, you guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you ever tried the Puffs Built Bar? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best, t- best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and so good. These are going to be your new favorite flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-calories, high-fiber, low-carb. Most most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have so many flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. So go to Built.com, use promo code LAC15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LAC15 to get 15% off your order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, it's the best way to support the podcast. But yeah, again, guys, make sure you guys let me know in the comment section down below. If, you know, I, I'm not I'm not some big traveler or anything. I haven't been to multiple states and just thousands of arenas and all that, whatever. But for at least for me, the, there's a lot of quality of life stuff that Little Caesars Arena can change. And, and just let me know what you guys' thoughts on that in the comment section down below. Give me some perspective out there. I'm not claiming to know everything. I'd love to hear some thoughts. I'll change my opinion if I should. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into some of the questions you guys asked me. You guys submitted some on Twitter. You guys asked some on the YouTube video. If you guys want to hear some questions of yours ho- heard on the show, make sure you guys go to the comment section on the YouTube channel, or you can tweet me at Kukihilo question. Uh, make sure you just use at mail, uh, hashtag mailbag on Twitter so I know that it's for the mailbag. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into these questions. So first one 
It's from Devontae Hunt on Twitter or on YouTube. He says, do you think the Bulls are dumb, are dumb for not being willing to include Patrick Williams in the possible Jeremy Grant trade? Um, I want to say I think they're dumb, especially with the injuries that are happening. I don't know if that like sways them a different way. Uh, the injuries that they dealt with, maybe they think that they're not as win now right now as they, as they thought because they may fall down the standings, etc. Uh, but when they're fully healthy, if they never had any injuries, I did think that Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant was was something they should do. They're trying to win this year. They had a great team. The and 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 the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, the championship, everything is wide open right now. I don't think there's any like huge favorite going on right now. I really do think it's a it's wide open in the NBA. So if they weren't doing with injuries, I thought it would be very smart for them to move on from a young guy for a guy who's going to help them win right now. So yeah, I I, th- I don't think it would smart would be smart for them to just keep Patrick Williams off the table for Jeremy Grant unless they just think Jeremy Grant isn't going to help them. Now if they're low on Jeremy Grant, and they're not interested in him, and they think he will not help them, then okay, that's then that's fair enough. But if they like Jeremy, but they just don't want to include Patrick Williams, I do think it's probably not smart to do that. They're trying to win now and win this year with a realistic chance. Multiple, they had Demar Rosen MVP conversations. They got Zach Levine making an All Star team. Demar. Uh, Lonzo Ball playing really well. Nikola Vucevic. They have a really good team. AO is a really good rookie. Like, if I was them, I'd be trying to go all in this year to try to win because it's wide open. So I wouldn't call them dumb. I just I, I don't think it would be very smart for them to just keep him off the table. Um, the next question, I just want to tell you guys, all the questions you guys are asking me about college players and, you know, asking my, my opinion on prospects, I appreciate the questions. However, I'm going to keep this and let you guys know this as well, like I told you guys last year. I'm not a big prospects guy. I'm not a big scouting guy. We get more into that in the offseason when I bring draft guys and scout guys onto the pocket to give their perspective. I'm not going to say and act like I'm a I'm a, a, a profession or really good at that. I, I don't watch college basketball. I don't know much about it until the offseason. And I listen to the guys who do that for a living. And I get their opinion and all that stuff. So I'm not going to answer any of those questions right there. Uh, I, I got a lot of those. I just simply don't – I don't have the knowledge to answer them. I would be lying to you guys if I sat here and tried to answer them. So, sorry about that. We'll get into that as soon as the offseason comes around, I promise. Uh, that's when you will start hearing more about some college prospects and, and scouting stuff, all that. So, I know you guys are really interested in that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to keep it a stack. Maybe, maybe in a few weeks when you get closer to the end of the year and we see – like we get a clear view of where the Pistons will finish in like the lottery or whatever – Maybe then I'll have someone come on and we can talk about guys that, you, that will be drafted in the range the Pistons can drop and uh, rise from. So maybe then, but definitely not right now, and I'm not the best guy to ask about that. I'll keep it a buck with you guys. I'm not, not going to lie to you all. Uh, but the next question here is from Kay Adams on YouTube. It says, love your enthusiasm for the Pistons, but do you b- really believe that Tom Gores is in it to win it? He could put a high school team on the floor and still make money off of TV revenue. I'm from the bad boys era of basketball, and what we see on the court today is not basketball. It's who can score 110 points and win by five with no defense. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, a lot of people from the that old era feel this type of way, but this is just the NBA we're in. There's a lot of high-scoring basketball, a lot of threes getting up, so it's naturally going to lead to a lot of scoring. Uh, it's a much faster pace. Uh, a lot better spacing on the floor. Just You're going to see a lot more scoring, so I'm sorry, but that's just the way NBA is. I'm going to put that on Tom Gores. Um, I do think Tom Gores is in it to win it. Uh, you know, all the way up to last year, he was refusing to tank because he wanted to win games. He wanted to win a playoff game. He wanted to win playoff series, all those kind of things. So I really do think he really wants to win. Uh, and the fact that he was able to be convinced to tank 
uh, last year and, and rebuild. I think that also shows that he's really in it to win. Now, you guys can question all the other stuff. I know the, the prison stuff. And you guys can question all the other things about Tom Gores. But do I think he actually wants to win for the piss? I, I really do. I think that's very clear. He desperately wants to win for the piss. I don't think that's I, I don't think that's something that should be questioned. Also, I feel like he's relatively put the money where his mouth is as well, too. Uh you know, so I really do. Like I said, you guys can question everything about him, but I do think he's in it to win it. He's trying to win for the Pistons. He's just maybe, you know, not the best owner. But also, he's. I think he also stays out the way as well. It's not like he's Jerry Jones trying to put his input on everything. I, I feel like he's relatively a good basketball owner, to be honest. I don't think he really messes things up. I think he's fine. I I, I think he's fine. That will be my overall answer to that. Um, So let's move on to the next question. Uh, This one is... From Jack Magner, howdy from Singapore. Which position is the most important for us to fill before the start of next season? Is it too early to look at the upcoming prospects? I feel like we desperately need a center. All the love for Stu, but I'm not sure he is going to cut it. First of all, Singapore, man, that is absolutely amazing. I have heard or gotten DMs and messages from a bunch of guys who are listening to the podcast from different countries, overseas. Like, it's crazy. Uh, that So, shout out to you over there in Singapore. This is you know, I think I got a message the other day from someone who was in Australia, uh, but it's 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 crazy that there's people across the really across the world that are listening to my podcast. That's it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, but let's let's go ahead and answer your question. Which position is the most important for us to fill before the start of next season? I completely agree with you. I think it's the starting five position. Uh, I, I you guys know if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while now into the last off season, I told you guys that my number one need for the Pistons was a lap threat, pick and roll type of guy. And they don't have that. They don't have a lap threat, and they don't have a pick-and-roll guy, and they really don't have a good center at all. Stu hasn't been very good this year. He's been fine defensively, but offensively, he's he just has massive limitations. I'm just, I'm just not sure his 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 body type and, and physical limitations will allow him to improve on. We'll see moving forward, but he massively is a hindrance to the offense right now. Trey Lyles is just Trey Lyles. I, not doing this with him today. Uh, and Kelly Olenek, honestly, when he's been on the floor, he hasn't been that good for the Pistons. Him simply being able to shoot, it makes the team look better because other guys can't at the at that position. So they respect him. And Kyle opens up the floor. But as far as his play in general, he hasn't really been that good for the Pistons. Combine that with the fact he's been nonstop injured. Uh, it's not looking like it's been a very good signing for Tory River at this point. So I do think that the starting five is the major need for the Pistons. I really would love it if it was a lap threat. Killian would love the lap threat. Cade would love a lap threat. Cade's tried throwing a few alley-oops to Stu recently. He had one convert a few games ago, but a lot of times it just doesn't work. Uh, and if you watch the game against the Celtics last night, uh, I'll tell you this much. My biggest takeaway from that game, easily in person, even popped off even more in person when you go to the games, the fact that the Pistons don't have a center that can compete with anybody over the size of 6'9 that can jump. If you can jump and you're over 6'9", you're going to dominate the Pistons center-wise. Robert Williams was out there just like – he looked like he was playing street volume two with these alley-oops. It was crazy. He was catching alley-oops behind uh, – uh, reverse dunking it, dunking over Isaiah Stewart. Guys weren't even turning around. Look at People just chose not to jump with him. Like it was – I think he might have had five dunks off of lobs right in front of me too, right in front of me. I was right there. He, it was right in front of me. It was popping off bad. So I think that easily is the biggest need for the Pistons. I agree with you. They have to improve that. They need to get some athleticism at the five, someone who can be any kind of threat in the pick and roll or as a lob threat. It's just they desperately need that. I think that easily is their number one 
their number one need. And with a lot of big guys at the top of the draft next year, I think they'll address that, the starting five position next year. Maybe the uh, – you know what? I think they'll get that starting five, to be honest, in the draft. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, like I said, maybe towards the end of the season, in the offseason. Uh, but I think they're probably going to get their big guy in the draft. But we'll wait to see. They might even get it at the trade deadline. Who knows? Uh, and, by the way, we did have some major trades pop off. In the trade deadline, we're having some rumors about James Harden. Apparently, it will be okay about being traded to the 76ers. So it looks like trade deadline's really heating up. And what happens most of the time is once one domino falls in the trade deadline, then all the other teams start coming in, coming in, coming in. So I think it's going to be interesting. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens with, with Jamie Grant. Uh, the next question is from Joey Ashen, and then we'll go to the ad break. But this one is, when we secure a top three pick in the draft next year, I appreciate your confidence. Uh, which rookie do you see as the best fit? Does your choice change if Grant is still there? Not like I told you guys, I'm not going to answer the draft type of questions, but I'm going to answer this one because the second question is what I'm going to answer. Will my choice change if Grant is still on the team? The only person who should have any say or any kind of like you should think about when you're making this pick is Kay Cunningham. Everyone else, you shouldn't care. And even Kay, to be honest, you should just pick best player available at whatever position or whatever draft pick you're at. The Pistons need to just draft best player available no matter what. Figure out fit later. If you guys don't fit later, but they're great players, you can always trade them for guys who do fit at that point. But overall, what you what you need to do and the best way to go about the draft all the time is just always draft for best player. Don't draft for need because then you end up missing guys like Donovan Mitchell when the Pistons went for need with Luke Kennard. They miss on Donovan Mitchell. Just get the best player available, especially for this Pistons team where they're at right now in their rebuild. They need that. So I don't care if Jimmy Grant's here. I don't care, honestly, if Kay Cunningham, if you think that, oh, will will them two fit together? I I think you just pick the best player available, get as much talent together, and figure out fit later and try and make it work. Um, But like I said, we'll answer more of you guys' questions when we come back from the ad break. Uh, Like I said, we're going to try to get all of them, but I don't know. We have like nine more questions. I don't know if I'll be able to get through all of them. But uh, try to answer as many of them when we come back from the ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, Shopify. Cha-ching! You hear that? It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell anywhere, everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. That's shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. This is possibility powered by Shopify. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. But now we're going to move over to the question that you guys asked over on Twitter. Let's go ahead and get through all these. Like I said, I think there's like, oh, God, there's even more questions that came in while I was recording. We're at like 15. I'm definitely not going to be able to get through all of these. So I'm going to try to go as fast as possible to try to get through all of them. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, this one is from Evanish. It is asked, besides Jeremy Grant, who can you see the Pistons dealing at the deadline? I could see Hami or Frank being gone. I could also see Kodro on the move. Um, besides Jeremy Grant, I think Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles, and um, I think those two guys would be the ones I pick. Those two guys and Hami, possibly. I think the I could see a future where the Pistons capitalize on Hami's value being high and moving him. Uh, but those those three are the guys that I think would be the most likely after Jeremy Grant to be moved. Uh, oh, oh, actually, no, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson leaps to the top of the board. He's out of the rotation. If a team wants to take him with and a second round pick or something for some player, maybe the Pistons can move him in a second round pick for like a guy like Jackson Hayes or something. I don't know, but. Those are the guys I would say are most likely to be moved out after Jeremy Grant. Uh, next one. This one is from you have to trade, or this one's from Wiso. He says you have to trade K cutting him to whatever team you want. What's the worst package that you take? Uh, um, the worst package I take, something along the lines of like the OKC, like little trade rumor that you heard happening last season before the Pistons picked K Cunningham, like SGA in five or what was it, SGA in six. Uh, it, it would have to be something like that. If I have to trade Kay Cunningham, like there's a gun to my head, I have to do it. Something like that. That would be what. Uh, that would that would be the one I, I I'd have to do, or the package I'd have to do. Uh, this one's from Free Hami and Saving Season. Uh, he says, "Coop, what was your worst take?" And Coop, what was the worst take you've ever seen about the Pistons? Um, okay, I the worst take I've had, and you know what? There's a few of you guys who asked me what was the worst take I've had since I've covered the Pistons. I don't appreciate you guys are trying to get me to talk about how many times I've been wrong or other things I've been wrong about, uh, but I'll give it to you guys. I think honestly, easily, I, I think my worst take is, is very clearly the fact, and I've told you guys this before, that I thought Stanley Johnson was going to be a star for the Pistons and he was going to be their savior. Uh, I was completely convinced about Stanley being the next guy for the Pistons after his rookie season, like absolutely, utterly convinced that he was going to be a star for the Pistons. And Obviously, he's hanging on to his NBA career by a thread right now with the Lakers. But, uh, yeah, I think that has to be my worst take probably. Uh, what's the worst take I've seen about the Pistons? Um, I think you have to go back to there's, – there's probably been a lot of takes about the Pistons I'm going to forget. But the one that pops off my mind immediately was there's a few guys or noteworthy guys in, in NBA Twitter um, that said the Pistons in the 18-19 season with Blake – uh, that they weren't even going to make the playoffs. They were going to finish like 10th seed. And obviously, they ended up making the playoffs at the 8th seed. And before Blake got hurt that season, they were like hovering around 6th and 5th seed. Uh, so they were a pretty damn good team, I thought, if Blake wouldn't have gotten hurt. They probably would have had better seed- seeding. I feel like they probably would have won a playoff game or two uh, if they Blake didn't get hurt and ruin their playoff seeding. But, yeah, that was probably one of the worst things I've seen about the Pistons in general. Because uh, that 18-19 season, Blake went off and was like an MVP type of player. Uh, and they ended up were a really damn good team. So. That, that would probably be the worst take I've seen about the Pistons this, uh, since I've been covering them like that. Um, <laughs> you asked the same question. He says, when Jeremy doesn't get traded, how fast do you think it will take for your girlfriend to shave your beard and your head? It's not ever going to happen. My fiance would never allow me to shave my beard. I've asked, I, I've tempted her with, or teased her about doing it multiple times. And she she threatens to leave me every time it happens. So it's just not going to happen. <laughs> but I appreciate the funny question. Um, next one is, what is this one's from Rob Fritz. He says, what is the lowest you would go in on trading Jeremy Grant? Um, at this point, I would take Jeremy Grant for just like a late first round draft pick. If I had the lowest I'd take from him, like a late first round pick and a young guy. 
or a young guy, maybe a salary filler, something like that. That would be the lowest I'd go. But it also defend, depends on who that young guy is. Like, I'm not talking about, like, Kevin Knox and a filler, that, that, that type of thing, no. But it has to be, like, a quality young player and just a filler. No pick. Doesn't have to be, like, Anthony Simons even. If I, the lowest, absolute low I'd go is this any kind of young quality player with a filler. That that would be or like a filler with like an expiring contract or something. That would be the lowest I'd go. Um, next question is from Beef Stew's Bloody Eye. That's a funny username on Twitter. Um, how do we resolve the Pistons starting center question? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how you're going to resolve it because I don't think the Pistons have very good options. Uh, like I said, Kelly Olynyk just hasn't really been that good on the floor. Yes, the team is kind of – just the spacing's better with him on the floor because teams will respect him shooting wise. But overall, his play, I don't feel like it's been that good. Trey Lyles is Trey Lyles, and Isaiah Stewart just isn't that good offensively. He has massive physical limitations, and he's not a good shooter right now. So I, I don't know how they resolve it. They don't have anyone on the team above the size of six nine. It's like it's just it's bad. I, I feel like heading into the season, I feel like this is one of my biggest knocks on Troy Weaver: the fact that they are so ill-equipped to have any answer at the center position because they have no one above like six, nine. Like there's nothing Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey can't even like do anything here. This is not a Dwayne Casey issue. This was a Tory Weaver issue. Uh, and I guess the best way to resolve it would be to get a trade to happen before the trade deadline and just get a center, someone big, someone tall, someone athletic that you can at least play there when you go against guys like that. Cause right now the Pistons just literally don't have the personnel to even try it, try to stop it. Uh, so there, that's the best I can do for you there, man. Um, Next question is from Love My Country. He says, list the worst, the five worst defensive players who get five minutes a game for the Pistons. Um, Frank Jackson, Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles. I probably had to pick Diallo because Diallo's a so bad off ball. Uh, like I, I'm telling you guys, actually, while since I said the I'll name one one more guy, but just watch the Yalo on defense next game. On ball, he's fine, but watch him defensively. He just he has like the he does the thing that people say when when hustle is not a good thing. Like he'll just run around try to trap a guy for no reason and give him open three, and people kind of like just look past it because he was playing hard, he's trying hard doing that. Like, but it, it's just like not smart to do. Uh, so that would be, and then the fifth guy I'd pick would probably be Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, those five guys right there. Those are the five guys I'd say are the worst defenders on the team right now. Uh, you could probably go maybe Ronnie Magruder over Hamadou Diallo, but Hamadou Diallo is just so bad off-ball defensively that I think he impacts it more than than Ronnie Magruder would. So that would be my my fifth guy. Um, again, there was another question about what has been your best and worst take since you covered the Pistons. My worst take, like I said, was Stanley Johnson, what I thought about Stanley. Uh, I think my best take – which one? So I I, I want to say the Bruce Brown take I had because I said when when Bruce was traded they said he was an awful player and the Pistons essentially paid to get rid of him and he ended up contributing really well for a contending team in the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like he's still a fine player right now for the Brooklyn Nets. If you follow a lot of Brooklyn Nets people, a lot of them say that they want to see him play more. So I feel like I was right about that's probably one of my best takes about Bruce Brown. But also you could probably go back to what I said about Sadiq Bay that the whole isolation thing and. I still pull up MIDI, contested MIDI thing that wasn't going to be a good thing for him to do, and it proved to be right. So I guess those two things would probably be at the top of the list there. Uh, I'm sure you guys are saying some of the worst takes probably would include Seku as well. Uh, if you guys want to throw that out there, hey, listen, you guys can throw that out there. I won't deny it. I won't sit here and act like that didn't happen. 
I just don't think it was that bad of one, to be honest. Uh, but I think that's all the questions. You guys have been sending them in a lot while I were recording, so it's very likely that I probably missed a few. Yes, I just got three more tweets when I re- refreshed it. Uh, but we cannot answer all those again. I'm sorry, but if you want to see your question answered on this podcast moving forward, next week, whenever we do the next mailbag, again, you can comment underneath one of the YouTube videos that you have a question or tweet me, hashtag mailbag, and ask your question. We'll try to get your question on the next podcast. Uh, let me know again, for real, what you guys feel about my rant in the beginning about Little Caesars Arena. I want to get some perspective, for real. Is this something just a little about, just about Little Caesars Arena, or is this just every arena? I just haven't been to all of them. Because to me, it really does feel like a major hindrance to people wanting to go to Little Caesars Arena. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Uh, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast, Making Lockdown Fits is your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Now go make Lockdown Bets your second list of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and until the next game and until the next podcast, which will be on Monday, I will see you guys later. Stay safe, safe out there. Enjoy these Piston games. Get ready for the trade deadline. It's going to be fun. Maybe something happens before the podcast on Monday. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Until then, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.